Are you a leader in customer success, pre-sales, professional services, support? Do you work behind the scenes and roll up your sleeves to make sure that customers are happy? Renew. Then this is for you. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Welcome to the GSD Podcast. Getting it done. Services, success, and software. We'll talk with the pros that have been in the trenches, getting service teams off the ground, launching new types of groups to service customers, or running agencies that don't have a product attached to it. For the pros, by the pros. This is the GSD Podcast, and this is your host, Jeff Kushmerick. It says I'm recording. So, <laughs> Anita, how are you? I'm doing well, Jeff. How are you? Good. Can you guess how many beverages containers are on my desk right now? No. <laughs> Let's do like six. Let's say six. Three. Three. No, you're, that's okay, good. That's but you know bad. what? It's been, when I had the desk with like the L on it, like, yeah, we definitely had. Yeah, anybody that worked with me would know that was a fun game that would get them like a free lunch if they're interested, right? So nice. uh, I guess I don't get a free lunch then. No free lunch. Um, but so we talked a, a few days ago and I was like, oh my God, I have to get you on. Why can't we do this today? But you're a busy person. So we're doing it now, uh, which is awesome. And um, I really love how you're positioning yourself because, um, and I'll let you explain what that is, but the whole like, if you're going to do something, do it well and be hyper-focused and super niche, like you're doing all of that. So I'd love for you to say what that is and then talk about, you know, in five minutes, sort of that road on how you got there. And then we can just talk about customers and how much they love us and stuff. So. All right. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> so I call myself a CCC, which is okay. a chief churn crusher. Oh, look at Any, that. Yep, anybody who comes from a SaaS background in particular, but most businesses will, will use the um, term churn. Right. So the history of this, uh, quickly, I worked for 14 years as a research coordinator in a university research institute. I am trained as a qualitative researcher, mm -hmm. which means basically ask a lot of questions, you take your data, you crunch it, and then you make recommendations based on the data you collected. That's right. So worked there for 14 years, was laid off, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. face, Facebook ads were really coming up at the oh, time. that's right. So I, yes. Yeah. Like, and it was hot. Like you right. could- No, I, there was a bunch of companies here in Boston that that's what they did. And they made in, all I can say is like now they're subletting their offices out and they've got like two employees left. So yeah. 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 But four years ago, oh, geez, four and a half, almost yep. five years ago now, it was really hot. They were really new. Nobody, you know, it was, it was great to just yeah. jump in there. So I got into digital marketing, fell in love with it, but I just felt like I have kids of my own. And I remember that toddler <laughs> stage where you just had to watch them constantly because yeah. they'd be into stuff. 
well, back then, that's what it was like having a Facebook ad agency. They didn't have limits. You just, you know, you would pop in two days later and suddenly like- We spent the whole thing on what? Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. it was insane. Like it would just all of a sudden skyrocket and your, your <laughs> cost per view or click or whatever you were measuring. Yeah. So I just couldn't take it as what it was. And I oh, just yeah. felt like there's got to be a better way. So I closed the agency and decided to jump into uh, consulting using those qualitative research skills. Okay. And really a lot of stuff around customer profile, really getting to know the customer. Yep. Unfortunately, I didn't have product market fit and I was going after coaches and consultants. It was, oh, okay. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I knew I had hit my bottom yeah. when I was almost <laughs> desperately begging someone whose business was failing to yep. hire me. And I was like, you know, no, this is ridiculous. There's got to be some somewhere else where they yep. really will value this skill set I have. And around that time, I had partnered with someone and, uh, Ironically enough, he, he has a PhD in uh, qualitative research methods, so he mm -hmm. does surveys. And we were looking to create a survey app. Okay. And I, you know, we started on all of that. And I wanted to know what was one of the big things that SaaS companies faced, because I'm always curious what's coming down the road at me. I want right. to just research and get a sense. And that's what led me to churn. And sure. when, when I had that moment of desperation talking to this woman and trying <laughs> to beg her yeah. to, you know, to hire me, I was like, this is just, this is nuts. So what I did is I closed down that business and I realized my skill set really applied well with, mm -hmm. with churn and SaaS companies. And that's how I niched down. And you know that, you know, inflection point, sure, you yeah. have product market fit. Awesome. And boom, within six weeks of making the change, that was it. Got my first three, three clients. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Weeks. So, you know, it's so funny because uh, I think this is probably a non-segue or non-segue, but like it's stuck in my head. So I want to ask you now, when we started talking about the SaaS companies, what, do you know, because if you don't, so if I'm going to move on from it, mm -hmm. was there a big, did people recognize churn as a pro problem before SaaS? Because I don't remember it as much, like I I remember we had a referenceability, but I don't remember churn, but I was, might not have been involved in that side of the business as much before. So I don't know if you bumped into that in your research or not. It's, it's kind of gone through different names. I've heard yeah. customer uh, retention, retention, customer attrition. That's right. Attrition was, was a big number. Yeah, as well, right. right? So I think what's happened is, and I'm not quite sure where it happened, but the SaaS community adopted churn mm -hmm. as their particular way of describing when customers leave their business. Yeah. It makes sense because back in the day, you had to install things. It was a huge pain in the ass, right? Like, you know, you, you spend a whole bunch of money on implementation and everything with SaaS. It's like credit card info, log in, start using the stuff. So if you don't like it, you just stop using it, right? And move on to the next. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So funny because, um, you know, as we discussed, uh, I know you get pulled into these situations where people think, it's a personnel problem, right? We, I know you're laughing because we went over this for a long time. And people are like, that's it. Like, my success leader is the worst. I need you to go in and figure out, like, what X, Y, and Z is going. And is that the typical situation that you get pulled into? Is, is that the conversation that happens? Like, can you figure out why we're churning so much or 
so there's usually three, three different things um, that they, when I'm speaking with SaaS founders or CEOs that they come to me about. One is great product, great growth, but yep. they're just not happy about the churn rate that they currently have yep. and they want to reduce it. Yep. The second is that they have a great team, yep. but they're reluctant to implement some big churn reducing measures because they don't know how it's going to affect the team. The other part is whether the hmm. team will buy into it or not. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. And then, so you'd be afraid to put in the thing that would fix the problem because you don't know how the team would feel about it? Yeah, I, I and it's it's you'd kind think of this cutthroat day of like valuations and stock, and people would be like, oh wow, yeah, I, I'm shocked. So that's I mean that is a smaller percentage, oh, okay, gotcha, significantly. Yeah. I so I, I actually should... have been in the room when those conversations have happened, but people are like, oh, we'll manage through it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, I guess it all depends on the the type of of business you have and that relationship with your team. Mm -hmm. So some of them have been afraid because and we can get into this, um, when you're going to reduce churn, it is a company-wide effort. Right. It is not just one thing and you flip that switch and suddenly churn reduces. And right. that's really where that fear is coming from, mm -hmm. is how wide is this gonna be? How big is this going to be? And can I get everybody on board? Right. So that really depends on the culture of the company. Yeah. Um, the last thing is they've done their research and they know like there's same thing. There's no simple solution to reducing churn and they have no idea where to start. And if they start on their own, will the, will the measures that they take actually work? Mm. So the, those are the three scenarios. The most common is they're, they're growing well, things are going okay. They just don't like that high churn rate. They want to bring it down. And then the third one, which is they've done their research and yeah. they're just, they're overwhelmed yeah. and they don't know where to start. What's the, cause I'm not aware. Well, <laughs> what's the current industry standard that people are trying to hold to for churn rate or retention rate, whatever you want. Typically yeah. like 5% is still pretty high. That okay. means, you know, every half year you're losing all of those customers and have to replenish them. Right. So the standard, I most are trying to get around 2%. Okay. If you can, I mean the, the, I can see that in enterprise, I, you know, for, for more of the, like, you know, sign up for 500 with your credit card, I can see there being a lot higher churn rate, but yeah. enterprise I can see like, yeah, you don't want higher than 5%. So, well, and even with the enterprise, the advantage is then because there's often other products, you upsell, cross sell, right. you can get into net negative churn which is really where that would be awesome. But that's, that's mostly because of expansion revenue. Gotcha. And a lot of the smaller SaaS, they don't, they don't have that ability to upsell and cross sell in yep. the same way. So yep. you're right. There is a difference between the smaller ones and enterprise. Sure. So when you get brought in, who are you typically working with the most? Is it the CEO? Is it, is it the success person? Is it marketing? It is usually the founder. Oh, no kidding. It is. Yeah. Usually the founder finds me wow. and, and brings me in. And then uh, this is almost like, like internal affair thing, right? Like do, do they, people like, who's that? Like, Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then you're the consultant in the room asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Well, that's what it feels like. But typically what I do is sit down with the founder and work with them first. I've got to really get a good understanding. And again, you wouldn't think this, but 
what is it like to be a customer and that customer experience? I want to have a really good idea of what they're dealing with. And then the second is the culture and how systems work. How does this company actually flow in terms for me of the data? I want to see, are they, are they sharing or are they really siloed? Right. And that, that is really what I come in and do. And it's, it's kind of strange because I can't lead with that to say that. So yeah. I'm <laughs> because they'd be like, what was that have to do a churn? And it's right. like, well, it's kind of everything. Right. But I, the easiest way for me to come in is look at the customer experience and the customer journey and see where are the biggest opportunities I focus there first, mm -hmm. then the longer term. So getting, so we might get the churn down 5% within, you know, first 90 days. Oh, wow. Yeah, like all depends, with, with right? Thing, well, depending yeah, what the source of the churn is, right? Because we you've talked got about, it. Yeah, you've got it. So if it's delinquent churn, they've got these credit cards that they're just they're just failing to process. Yeah. Hey, that's an easy win, and not everybody knows to put in an entire. And you can put in an entire process to get delinquent yeah. churn. Oh, there's the Canadian. Everybody, we've got a Canadian. On oh, the did you did it pop out? <laughs> did I say a? You said process, which is always the tell. Oh, it's <laughs> right, don't worry about it. We love our we love our fifty first state up north, so it's great. So, um, so it's funny. I, I've seen this so much, and you, you highlighted it. Um, everybody thinks it's like, oh, we've got to get our ninety day launch down to sixty days, right? And uh, so, if you were to say, you know, you had three because you're the research and the quantitative person, what are the three usual? Things that, or what are the, just the usual buckets of things that are the fast wins that you, you said, you know, within the 90 days, well, here's some things that if we do that, we'll immediately kind of turn this turn around, but then maybe there's some other longer term things that we got to dive into. Yeah. And there actually is. And that's how, if, if I work with a company, we have a 90 day engagement and then we have a 12 month engagement for exactly right. for that scenario yeah. because the longer term stuff focuses more on building the right information systems, getting the teams on board. This yeah. is what you talk about, that culture piece. Mm -hmm. That's the longer term. The shorter term tends to be around things like delinquent churn, uh, bringing the, you know, one of the favorites that people don't really look at is grandfathered customers oh, and yeah. I hadn't yeah. Even thought about that. yeah yeah and it's they were like, like our first people they trusted in us and yeah but they're <laughs> yeah. only paying i had one client just <laughs> recently tell me paying one tenth oh yeah one tenth the amount right so that's great and there's a process for that you don't just you know wake up one day and decide all right we're just gonna you know right. bring you all up to current rates You've, right. there's a way to then, do that nurture then, it but that's often a big pot of money sitting oh, yeah. right there that wow. isn't necessarily churn per se but yeah. hey when i point that out and they see that there's a big chunk of money that they can recover let me tell you they're they're usually very happy about it yep and then the third third is usually somewhere in the onboarding experience okay so we start we again as i so this is what i do i mm -hmm. always always sign up as a customer okay. i want to see what the experience is like i don't want them to tell me i want to see it from the from the user's perspective okay and so there's usually something in there that we can focus on right away that will will you know turn things around 
Oh, interesting. That's great. So maybe in some of the longer term things, because one of the, when we were talking previously, we talked about the, um, Hey, maybe there are a lot of end of the quarter, really crappy deals that, you know, like, well, they don't really need everything that we do. And does that happen a lot or am I just sort of overgeneralizing some things that have happened to me in the past? So. I, haven't, I haven't really had that yet. Again, so it's, it's so tough because they're, they're all so custom. Yeah. But the bigger things for me are getting the proper information flow. So again, coming from qualitative research, mm -hmm. this is that the customer profiles that are developed, and there's usually two or three customer profiles per product, mm -hmm. not just, you know, overall for the company. Right. And it's getting marketing, sales, customer success all involved and customer support in mm -hmm. the process of creating that. Right. And the better you can get everyone on the same page and focusing on those customer profiles, mm -hmm. the more you can share the information. So that means marketing suddenly has a much better understanding of the challenges, the pain points right. and how to like what hooks might work to bring, to bring those leads in sales. They talk to these people all the time, but right. often don't pass on the, right. the <laughs> trying, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the real information, right. like the real pain points, the real challenges. The other thing is the, the goals. Right. So why are, why are, they why using are the you products? buying this? <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So getting them, a customer support is the easiest because yeah. people are contacting them. They have a problem. They, you know, push it out to product but they tend not to push it out to marketing and sales and say, Hey, you guys are saying this, but this, you know, people are coming on my end and saying, this is not what is actually happening. Right. Maybe we need to change some of those um, angles. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So no. this is what I do. And this is why that buy-in becomes a bit of a challenge because you're now dealing with culture. You're dealing with their processes. This is our sales process. Right. No, we don't deal with them, whatever it might be. And for me, it's all based on the flow of data. I want to see that data flowing throughout the entire company. So the entire company feels mm -hmm. that they are participating and focusing on the most important thing, which is actually the customer. Right, no, 100%. Do you ever turn down customers? Yes. And what are some reasons that this is always the fun stuff? What are some of the reasons, like, besides crazy founder, because they're all crazy, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have actually, I'll tell you, Jeff, I've had wonderful experiences yeah. with the, the clients I take on. Yeah. Um, the first is if they don't respect me as someone who knows what I'm doing. Okay. If I get any sort of pushback or argument from right from the start that, or they're blaming mm. the economy, this, that competitors, oh, yeah. whatever, we're done. Like yeah. we're, we're not going to go any further because I need you to be open-minded because look what I'm actually suggesting. Right. The churn is a company wide issue right. and needs to be addressed right through the company. If they're already closed-minded to this, they're not going to accept that as a solution. Yeah, they'll take the report and then move along. Yeah. What is some standard, I said report, but it's probably a lot more in, in, involved than that. What sort of deliverables or how do you sort of present your, your changes? Is it more of an iterative, let's try this every week? Or is it more of a, I've done my report and here you go, it's bound nicely in a three-ring binder? Or 
no, that's not me. No, I really, <laughs> I, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not me. I, I really care about my clients and I want mm -hmm. their, like my success is their success. Mm -hmm. So it is iterative. We go through, we talk about, all right, let's, let's try this. And then they need to report back to me on what's happened. Sure. What was the outcome? What challenges um, did you face going through it? And then the other part, what was easy? Because mm -hmm. that again, informs me about that cultural piece. And right. maybe I can use that information then moving forward when I suggest something bigger, once we get into that, you know, longer 12 month engagement. Oh, sure. Because yeah. that's actually where it gets more challenging. Yeah. Now you're really pushing those things forward. And I got to see, all right, how does this company work that I can then leverage those yeah. wins? So I, I go throughout and that means sometimes they email me in between our meetings and say, this is what I'm dealing with. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. That, that's great. Um, so what was, I was thinking about tools and trends and some things to get into it's it i've been asked a lot recently you know should we put this system in and it i think what's going on and, and i don't want to get pigeonholed in this is that a lot of people do think that if they put in this customer analytic tool that's going to solve all of their issues but are you seeing that <laughs> she's shaking her head so do those things help because i i'm i have heard from people that are like this i'm not gonna say the names of the products we all know that they are is amazing and this and that and and it's like well yeah but if you called your customer up every other week and you kind of get some of the same answers but i don't know so um why don't you give me your perspective on some of these tools that are out there and why you're shaking your head so vigorously so okay one <laughs> sentence they will tell you the what they don't tell you the why oh. full stop you still have to go say like how come you're not using our product i just you see that it. you're not using it. <laughs> yeah. so you know and and i fully encourage anybody to to start because you've got to start tracking somehow and those hard metrics are they do they will highlight some areas where you're like hey why did we have a huge drop off right here yeah what can we do about it? but you still have to go and speak with the customer and find out why Right. Why did they go from active to inactive? Right. Yep. And so that is the biggest, that's what I do. Let's start finding out why. And it, it's weird because we like to converse with people. Mm -hmm. We all do like humans are social beings, but yet this process of actually going and asking that those questions and they need to be structured right. for one and there's an order to them. And third, they've got to be done with, um, I like to call it like, a curious spirit sure instead of going in and saying all right so like uh you were active here and now you're inactive and what happened yeah well, <laughs> why are you so broken no. <laughs> <laughs> but, pretty much but that's the approach right but you're doing it but it, so it actually might be welcomed and received more that you're doing it i'm assuming you're saying you're you're consulting to the company like you've been asked to help because i feel like people are going to be more open with you on user surveys and journeys we do that sometimes with our ux work somebody says hey we want to build x and we're like can we talk to some customers and yeah you get everything and you hear mm -hmm. like they said and then like they start talking about the other company and yeah. You know what though? Um, I've put this on, on, I think it's still on my LinkedIn site. Bill yeah. Gates has one of the best quotes on this and it is your greatest source of learning is your unhappy customers. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And I am shocked, um, with how little the product management teams I've worked with value that 
right? And you know, you hear stupid customer and this and that, and I'm just like, oh my god, like you just, you know, like no, we designed this and did this in the right way. But then I'm like, Kyle, listen, the customers don't like it or they don't like the onboarding experience. Isn't that like, well, we'll put a walk me, everything will be fine. I'm just like, oh. But do you know what it is? And we come, like, we all come from our own perspective, right? Right. And so the lens, I get it. The lens of the developer is, well, this makes logical sense because we're going from here to here to here to here to here. Right. But as the user, your end goal might be vastly different from that. Right. And it is, there's your misalignment right there. So then you've got people calling support. They're not happy. They become inactive because what has actually been developed is not aligned with what they are trying to do. And they're thinking there, you know, like there's been some great software I've been so excited about mm-hmm. and I sign up and I am so confused yeah. and I, and I like <laughs> to think I'm fairly intelligent yeah. and I'm so confused yeah. that I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. Right. And so I churn, I do, yep. I become inactive and then I, and then I quickly churn. And that's usually in that trial phase. Sure. Oh, no, yeah. Because again, your, your churn is, it can be measured in many different ways. And, and that's one of the key ones is, is where are they churning in that trial phase versus paid customer, right? Sure. So um, using WalkMe, wonderful, but that's not enough. Right. If you are not aligning the actual product to what they are trying to accomplish, you're always going to have this. And then it's just, well, we'll add this and then we'll change this. And we'll, you got to go ask them, ask right. them. Often, you know who has that info? It's the sales team. Oh, yeah. As they're talking to them. Yeah. And they can, these are trained professionals who can listen to what people are saying and pull out, oh, you're telling me you want to do this, but really, once they have the conversation, they find out it's three levels deeper mm-hmm. and they're actually trying to accomplish that. Right. Yeah. And this is why you got to have those conversations because I'll tell you like, oh yeah, I just want this to be faster, mm-hmm. whatever it is I'm trying to do. Yeah. And then you and I talk back and forth and you realize, you know what? I not, I want it to be faster because I want it to then lead to this next step. Right. And it is frustrating me because I can't get to that next step that this faster piece was supposed to help me. <laughs> I, I'm just do. laughing because I was going through that over the last 24 hours. And I'm just like, how come I can't hit the enter button? And there's nothing that's showing me like, oh, you haven't clicked the checkbox. I'm like, look, it's not 2006 anymore. Like if a user form's missing an entry thing, show them in a nice red. Oh my God, it just drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah. 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 So it's digging out that stuff, which means you're going to hear, and I think this is where that fear comes in. Yeah. You're going to hear that something you've worked so hard on for so long, right. maybe is headed the wrong direction. Right. And you might have to turf it. It's like, like, why, I hate re- it's like why I hate reviews. Like, can we just, oh. can you just tell me, like, just, just tell me it was good or bad. Like, I don't even want to, I don't want to hear the examples. I don't want to hear like, yes, I know I lost my temper. Like, I... <laughs> yeah, because we, it, it's so hard, right? Yep. To, to get that. But this is why I, I really, and this is now when I become a coach, you know, put on my little coaching hat is to try to change the mindset from one of like, I don't want to hear it, or I don't want to know to let's be curious Mm -hmm. and use that Bill Gates quote that your unhappiest customers are your greatest source of learning. Mm -hmm. If you can flip that and just see it, 
wow, like it is going to solve so many issues that you've been struggling with because now you're actually hearing what the customer has been trying to say through their support calls and oh, their yeah. inactivity. You're now actually, you're not guessing, you're hearing it. Yeah. How, you know, I'm going to say a concept that I think is awesome, but you, you could feel free and say, no, it's total bullshit, which is the customer advisory board. Like, do you find um, total bullshit? Okay. So uh, like, I don't know. So I, I have found, well, we, let's get into this a little bit. Cause I can tell you where it was, it was super helpful, but like, um, what's your experience with the cab? and um and uh why it might not be the panacea that i think it is so um i'm i for oh, some it's sigh. so tough it's such a like it's mike a, pence did the same exact sigh when he was asked something the other day yeah it's oh. such a big <laughs> question and you don't want it like it has value there's right. no doubt but i think it has value at different stages okay. when you are you know really growing quickly that can be really helpful because mm -hmm. again, you're getting really good feedback and all of that. I think where it becomes problematic is where it becomes just a legacy thing where it's not really adding value anymore. Gotcha. So twice a year, we'll have this event, we'll bring them together and talk, talk, talk. Or, yeah. and this is where I see you got to really be on it. Your customer profile is not static mm. or customer profiles are not static. <laughs> things are always changing. Mm -hmm. What ends up happening with any board I've seen, if you have people that sit on it for a very long time, they don't bring a new perspective. They right. just bring the same perspective they've always had. And yeah. that's where it becomes a real issue. Well, it's funny. And uh, when I started bringing up, suddenly the memory of the last one that I was part of started popping into my head, which is like, oh, we had these massive enterprise companies that just pretty much dictated our roadmap. And if we didn't build that stuff, they were going to threaten to move to the next people. And, and then there was this wave of like, well, we should bring on X, Y, and Z and get rid of those people because yeah, they just keep wanting the same thing, which we're not gonna build unless we charge them like some NRE multi-million dollar thing to go build them that one feature or something like that. So, yeah, you good? I know that there's a, a, a coughing in the background, so. Yeah, sorry, sorry no, about no, that. No, it's, no, uh, you can hear my voice. I've been talking straight for like 36 hours now, so I <laughs> sound like I just, smoke some camel and filters or something. Yeah. So, um, so going back to going back to that, if that's what's happening, then that means that customer advisory board is ineffective Yeah, and it needs to change. And whoever the facilitator is needs to then get, a, get a better grip mm -hmm. in terms of, of really defining what the board is for. Sure. And if the board is to just push forward, you know, those companies uh, and what they want, then that's an ineffective board. And I would say it's actually detrimental then to your oh. business. It oh. is not helping in any way. Yeah. A really good board would try to serve the entire community. So that means all of your customer groups. And it's, you know what, it's, it takes work. Yeah. It's hit and miss. Yep. It is not like, oh, wow. Like you can be very fortunate and get the right people on. But again, it's not just a one and done. Right, Even, right, right. Things are changing. Market's changing. Yep. Right. You've got to be able to rotate people in and out of those positions. And that's what I've, I noticed even at the university when we would have some of our board members who stayed on for six, seven, eight years, <laughs> they never brought anything new right. to the table. You're like, oh, now's the time where you're going to talk about that thing again. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to switch directions here. 
again, non-scripted. Um, and I, in, you know, it's been a thread on a couple, every time I talk with success people, churn, not, not as much. So I just might wanted to see if there's anything in the data that you've seen. There's a lot of, well, there's no standardization on the, who owns the customer and owns the customer relationship. And sometimes when I get down to it, I'm like, oh no, we're the CSMs, we own it. I'm like, okay, let me ask you a question. There's an upsell, who gets the commission? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, the CSM gets it. I'm like, okay, there's a renewal. Uh, who gets the upsell? And they're like, the rep. And I'm like, hmm. So does, have you seen, and if there's nothing, then it's not, it's not a problem. Is there any correlation between higher success rates and who owns that relationship? Um, the renewals and the upsells and, and all of that. So I will tell you, my friends that have not wanted to take part in the monetary aspects of things, which wind up being a cost center to the company, um, they eventually wish they were doing upsells, but they do really um, hold on to the idea like, well, that really distorts our relationship with the customer, which I get. Um, it's kind of like, hey, we're having this really convers cool conversation. Now I'm going to st hit stop and I'm going to be like, hey, Nita, by the way, um, I, I wanted to charge you $5 the next time we talk and continually on ever since then. <laughs> so has there been, have you bumped into this uh, in your travels? Um, I really don't focus on a lot of yeah. that. So I, I will tell you, it's funny because that's where when I talk about people having their problems, they're really lasered in on that which is interesting. So, yeah, no, like, and it's, a, I haven't bumped across it yet, but I'm also not looking for it. Okay. It's not really, I try not to get into that aspect because yep. again, for me, it's more about the data flow rather mm -hmm. than revenue flow. So it sounds so, like a hammer and a nail situation. That's because everybody's thinking that's what the issue is. Yeah. Right. And for me, again, I, I come from <clears throat> qualitative research the data flow for me is far more important than the revenue. And I, I turn that over to other people because it's, it's not, and however they structure that because it's not my area of expertise. Interesting. I'll, I'll just bring this up then. I'll get your opinion on it. Cause I've been in the room, <laughs> very contentious rooms at that where somebody like the CFO will say, Oh, sorry. You know, let me edit it for public consumption here. Well, if the CSMs were, were given some commission or some upsell money, they'd take better care of their customers and they'd be more engaged with them. Like, oh, okay. Interesting perspective. Everybody's money driven. Not so much, but um, so that's kind of, so people think that's the thing and they will now move their whole, they will get less churn and better, uh, <laughs> I just remember what I said in that conversation. They'll get less churn if they, if they focus more on their customers, if they know that they're going to get some coin out of the deal. And I'm kind of like, maybe not give them 41 customers to look after. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, again, part of what I do. I'm yeah. a consultant, but I'm also kind of have to put on a coach hat once yeah. in a while and, and, try to get them to see that maybe that's not the best perspective. And right. But more comes from the data for you or it's like customers were unhappy. Well, why are they having me? Like they never hear from their CSMs. Well, how can they ever do that? Like, well, let's take a look. They manage 50 customers. There's eight hours in a day. Right? And like, all I can do is, is make suggestions and right. recommendations, but it's up to them what they choose to implement. And I may, may or may not agree with it, but at the end of the day, I'm there to support them. 
Right. So, and again, in getting into that longer engagement period, the, the more I get to know them, the more I know how to approach mm-hmm. suggesting some of these things that I may have brought up in the beginning that, you know, they weren't interested in. How can I gently guide them? Yep. That, oh, suddenly this, this might be a good idea. Sure, sure. And really that's, so I'm not a one and done consultant here, you know. No, I really like, because what I'm hearing is that you don't have, you know, I've worked with marketing people that they come in and they're like, this is my system. I did it at Coke. I did it at Gillette. We're doing it here. I'm like, yeah, we're a startup. Those are monopolies. Like that's not going to work here. But what you're walking in with sort of like, I'm going to look at the data and then come up with some, you might, I'm guessing have some general consumption, but you've gone through the product. So you've used that to base here. So I'm hearing clean slate, come in, compile data, and then work iteratively back on some suggestions to improve some reduce things pretty fast. And then there's like, okay, now, now, you know, I fixed the sink, but let's talk about your foundation now. Right? And that's what I was going to say. Now the real work begins. And yeah. that's why, you know, it's building on the momentum of those first 90 days. Yeah. If I can get like one big quick win, or if I'm even lucky one yeah. big and one medium size, yeah then that momentum starts. And again, I've got to go in there and understand the culture, understand how they're thinking and try to then say, all right, let's, let's look at our next areas that we're going to focus in on and start working there. Awesome. Awesome. Am I missing anything? Cause I know I don't want to still, they said, I'm trying to keep know. these like in that 30 to 45 minute range. So no, I think, I think we're good. This is great. Um, the biggest thing is my approach is vastly different. Yeah, so I absolutely. do I do switch kind of between consultant and coach, but yeah. I come in as a consultant and I'm, I'm there to, to try to be, ah, I don't even know Voice of the customer? No, success no, no. as yeah. much as possible. Yeah. Because if I'm talking about the customer experience and making it better as a way to reduce churn, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I need to do with my clients as well. And, and not only me, that's what I want to do. That's what matters to me. Yeah. Right. That's all, that, no, I can tell. Like, I, people won't see the video, but Anita's very passionate about this. I can tell, which is awesome. It's what you want people to come in and not be like putting their cigarette out and be like, okay, what do I need to fix here? Like the wolf or something like that. Like, so uh, that's great. Yeah. So awesome. I will, you know what? I will, uh, when I post this, I'll put the link to your LinkedIn profile. And that is that great. the best place for people to find you? Or um, I would say so. Or yeah, yeah. You know what? Have them go there. Okay. I think that's easier because then we can just ask them to connect say that they you know heard me from yeah. from your show yeah and then um then i can start a conversation with them awesome that's great so i'm gonna put uh stop the recording and then we'll wrap up uh offline so thanks very much and uh hold on one second let me hit the record here so mm-hmm.